Welcome to the Huntington Helps Podcast. My name is Joan and I'm your host. On this episode, we're going to discuss a topic that, well, it's received a lot of attention both locally and nationally, and that is bullying. Bullying can have far-reaching impacts in a child's life, and believe it or not, this can affect both the person being bullied or the bully themselves. One aspect of bullying is the confidence, or of course, lack thereof. Today, we have a very special guest joining us today, Diane Grossman. Now, if that name isn't familiar to you, she is the mother of Mallory Grossman and the founder of Mallory's Army, which is an organization to educate other parents, school administrators, and children on the impact of bullying. This organization was founded after Diane's daughter, Mallory, took her own life after being subject to nonstop bullying from other children back in 2017. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Diane. I hope you're doing well today. Thank you for having me. I am. I'm, I'm good. Good. Also joining me, of course, Ann Huntington, VP of Business Development and board member at uh, Huntington Learning Center. Hello. Hi. Thank you both for being here on Huntington Helps podcast. So, Diane, could you please provide some insight into your story and you know, why is bullying prevention education so near and dear to you, basically? I think as a mom, I'm using my story to help other families. I think when we like to think that bullying only happens to the weird kid at school or, you know, kids with disabilities or kids that struggle. And I think the fact that Mallory was a gymnast and she was a cheerleader and she comes from a good family. And I even had someone say to me once that Mallory looks like the child that would be the bully. And I think in that aha moment, I realized that it was my moral responsibility to share Mallory's story, what happened to us, and to educate parents on the dangers that happen at school as well as online. Thank you, Diane, for that touching and insightful introduction. And one of the topics that comes up frequently associated with bullying is when a student lacks confidence in school, they may be subjected to or may subject bullying behavior on other kids, right? Can you elaborate what is typically seen by students that come to Huntington Learning Center? So at Huntington, we tutor students from kindergarten to 12th grade. So we see a lot of different students across the country. And what makes us unique is that we build the skills and the confidence to help students succeed in and out of the classroom. And how we do that, it's in our secret sauce. And we call it big steps, little steps. So we start students at their comfort level and we build up the skills so that when they reach that frustration point, then they are going to have more skills to learn that. And then they have an aha, a breakthrough moment. So at Huntington, we're different than school in terms of we have to go through particular curricula at a given time. Uh, we will go at the student's pace. And because of that, the environment within Huntington is very conducive to that individual student's personality and also where they're at from um, an academic standpoint. That's what we see at Huntington, and we see all different types of students, as I said, and it's really about building the skills for the student, which then builds the confidence and the motivation for them to succeed. Those are some great points, and it's great to hear that Huntington Learning Center actually understands the need for a student to be, you know, confident um, across the board because it affects their personal and, you know, academic life. Um, Dan, could you provide some insights for educators to be cognizant of, you know, regarding bullying in school? And Well, I think when a child is picked on at school, 
it they're oftentimes their focus can be off of their academics and into their emotional well-being, right? If they're so focused on their behaviors or the behaviors of others at schools, their minds will break away and not be thinking about and it makes it difficult for them to concentrate from an education. So for me, I would look at it as an educator to make sure that if you see a child that's slipping academically, let's not just quickly assume that they're having a difficult time maybe learning, but there could be some emotional distress in their life at school that could be causing them to miss out or having concentration issues. I know that that's true for Mallory. When she was having trouble being bullied at school and we met with the teachers, they immediately diagnosed a comprehension issue rather than realizing that Mallory was fine as far as education at that stage of where she was at in sixth grade. But for Mallory, it was she was so busy focused on the people that were making fun of her that education was the furthest from her mind. So for educators or administrators, it's important to understand that, yes, bullying may not be taking place in your classroom, but the bullying that's taking place in the hallways can seep its way into the education portion of what you're trying to do and, of course, interfere with the child's ability to learn. We see that at Huntington in terms of where the student is at and the gaps the student has in their academics. So we'll see a student who's in seventh grade who may be reading on a second grade level, Mm -hmm. could even be a first grade level. And when you peel back the onion, it could be that the dog passed away in kindergarten or first grade, or it could be that the parents were going through a divorce and the student shut down during a critical moment in that student's academic career. And because the schools have to continue going on, that student may have slipped through the cracks. And that's where, when we see that student, we're able to figure out exactly where he or she is performing and then build up the big steps and little steps for the student to succeed. That happens all the time. I call it trauma in the classroom. We recognize that there is trauma in the classroom. And just like you said, whether it's a grandparent that passes away or a dog or bullying or whatever it is, it's recognizing that that the issues that the children are having isn't always linked to, but it could directly impact the education. So it's important as an educator, administrator, to really dig deep to try to figure out. And when the education can than organizations like Huntington Learning Center can. Well, kids that age are really looking for who they are. It's a whole exploration of who they are, what they like, what they dislike, and they try on different identities. And so to give them a big success really is a huge step in identifying what you're good at, you know, accomplishments and all that. They really do add up to a positive self-esteem, more confidence and all that. And it's the first step, um, one of the first steps in resilient behavior. Resilient behavior when it comes to bullying is really the ability when someone says something negative about you or to you, um, whether it be in person or online, resilient behavior is the ability to let that roll off your back. Right. And that was really the mantra that we used in, you know, I would say I refer it to as bullying of yesterday. We had resilient behavior. I know you are, but what am I? Exactly. But kids don't have that because they lack socialization. But if you can infuse a child with confidence and it's the first time that they're hearing attaboy, great job, then all of a sudden there is a shift that maybe their focus is no longer on the people who don't like them, but it's a reflection back into who they are. The affirmations of who they are and what they want to be in this life right now 
as children, particularly the ones I find most vulnerable in middle school, the affirmations of who they are and what they want to be in this life, they're not coming from the mirror that they see. It's coming from the outside world, where if you're only hearing from your teachers, you're no good, or you're failing, or you're not doing a great job, or you think, or, or nothing, or nothing, or there's crickets, or you're hearing from, then, then how can a child build up resistance and build up this resilient behavior to a not let it greatly impact where they are and what they're doing, whether it's education or socialization. And I believe those two things go truly hand in hand. Preschoolers, it's all about my mommy says. My mommy says I have to eat my carrots. When they get into kindergarten, first and second grade, it's my teacher says. My teacher says math has to be done this way, even though we don't understand common core math, but it's my teacher says it has to be done this way. When they get into third grade, it's my friends say. The minute that we lose our children and they say, my friends say, then we have to have an infrastructure in place to make sure that we understand what the peers are saying and understand and make sure that it speaks the same values that we have from education as well as socialization. When do you think that phase ends? I would say probably college. Whoa. Yeah, I think that we lose our children from a parenting perspective third grade up until high school. I find that parents plug in when it's time, and you probably see this, they start bringing them in 10th, 11th, 12th grade because now they're applying for college. Then all of a sudden they need, from a for kids' perspective, they need our help as parents. But up until then, until it comes to applying for college, parents take their foot off the gas. They let them think about it. Kids are making their own play dates. They're doing their own homework online. A lot of parents unplug. Yeah, it's easy to unplug. And, and they almost need as much attention as when they were toddlers. And it's hard not to unplug. Right, really. and we need to build Because an- you feel like, oh, I, I, I got to get a break in here somewhere. But really, you have to re mega re-engage in these Right, and I think the systems years. have to be in place before we need them. Wouldn't it be so much easier, Anne, for you to help a child in their education platform if you got to them before they were struggling? Like building that solid foundation early on. And I say that to parents. Don't come to our organization when you're panicking and your child's already being bullied. You really need to start working and making sure that you understand mental health facilities Uh, tutoring. You need to understand all that before you need it. We are very reactive as a society, but it's so important to be proactive. And in terms of where we're at at Huntington, we can help all of those students. So ones who are having that crunch time, oh my gosh, I have to prepare. But then we may uncover that there's serious skill gaps, deficits. And then hopefully we have the time to prepare that student. But we do need some sort of a structure in place so that when it gets to that urgent time, the parent knows where to go. Right. What are some of the red flags we need to look for that our kid is, you know, lacking the confidence to really send them down this road of questioning themselves, putting their self-esteem in the hands of other kids, you know, bad grades, et cetera. Like pretending those are like the end bad things. Well, we don't have to pretend that's the reality yeah. today. And I think Diane shared one of the largest red flags is when when the grades start to slip, mm-hmm. when the student completely turns off. What about procrastination? That also happens, but we as adults also procrastinate. So it's really understanding, well, what's the root cause? And then once you understand the root cause of something, then you can build it up. So if it is procrastination, 
information. Maybe it's truly that the student doesn't have the study skills. There could be an executive functioning issue at play where then, okay, once you build the student up in terms of understanding how to study, what is the main idea, what are the facts we're trying to draw out from whatever the history or the chemistry book. Uh, so it's really understanding, well, why is that student procrastinating? Is it because the student can't read? Okay, well, we can fix it. If it's a bullying issue, well, thank goodness we have Mallory's Armory, and you must see it all the time. So I ask you, Diane, what are certain red flags that you see? I think anytime there's a change in behavior, I think that as parents, I think that we often dismiss because there's two things going on. When you start to see bullying behavior or changes, that's usually what it is. But we like to dismiss it just like I did. Oh, it's part of puberty. Um, And oftentimes, so whenever there is a change, I think parents should pay close attention to it. So their grades drop. They things that they used to love and could be sports, could be food. It could be any of those things, things that they used to love and adore that they no longer take an interest in. And sometimes it's abruptly, you know, like, oh, I, I, I don't like Minecraft anymore, mom. Right. Really? You were so into it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's extremely important for us to be, if there were friends that they used to play with all the time, and now they no longer mention that child's name, then that's a good chance for you to have a conversation with your child to investigate what's really going on. And I use the word investigate lightly, because if we go at our children with the word investigate, then of course they're going to shut down. But it's really about paying attention attention to who they're hanging out with, who their friends are, who their new friends are, what happened to their old friends. Did they abruptly, Mallory quit gymnastics after probably seven or eight years. She was a level seven competitive gymnast. Well, I, like many parents, made the excuse and said that Mallory quit gymnastics because she was tired of it. When the reality is is she was being teased for being good at something. So she no longer wanted to be good at something, right? Children that are picked on or bullied, they don't want to stand out for any reason. And I would almost say that's, you know, run simultaneously with education, that a child doesn't want to be acknowledged. You know, they just want to be a wallflower in the classroom. I remember in my own, I was always a CD student myself personally, and I hated being called on. Just don't call my name because I just didn't want to point out the obvious. And it's the same thing. Mallory didn't want to be called out for being good at gymnastics. So if your child's really great at soccer or really great at the piano and all of a sudden they stop, that is a warning sign that something is going on in their life. So, a kid's really good at something in school, and how do you stop them from being ashamed of that? Like, your kid's really good at math, your kid's really good at writing, but their friends are starting to tease them. How do you stop that whole movement of them getting caught up in how their friends are defining them? I think it's the culture of the building. Oftentimes, if this is taking place at school, I think confidence plays an important role in that, that if you're just confident in who you are and loving it, you know, for Mallory, gymnastics was a very isolating sport. And so, and it's also a perfection sport. So I would say to parents, understanding the culture, Mallory probably would have done better if I moved her out of the gym that she was in and moved her into a more inclusive, more of a recreational gym rather than such a competitive gym. So it's understanding the culture of the environment. If the if your environment at school 
is one that embraces the arts, then a child that is really good at playing the piano or has a performing arts program, then you're likely to be the cool kid at school. But if your school is a school that's maybe focused strictly on sports and they don't have a performing arts, then children that are focused in the performing arts may not fit into the culture of that. So I would say to schools, making sure that all of children, there is an inclusive atmosphere that celebrates and acknowledges multiple accomplishments. So can Huntington help with a culture that, you know, embraces a child's interests? Well, Huntington culture, it does embrace every student. Our mission since day one has been to give every student the best education possible. And we're all individualized. It's potentially a different culture than the school. But as I said before, we value the Huntington homeschool connection. And it's all about communication. We work with that student. We know exactly where the student is in terms of what's the curricula that we're working on. And then we bring the parents in at least once a month to have meetings with the center director. And then we also meet with the students to figure out, okay, well, what are your interests? What are you doing in school, out of school? What books are you reading? So our culture is really defined by the student and our mission, which is to give every student the best education possible. But at Huntington, we're also agnostic. So we will work with schools, we'll work with parents. Our whole core is to help the student. And we make sure that the fit is right. And we also have an ethical obligation. If we do not believe we can help that student, we inform the families. You mentioned before, we're such a reactive society Mm -hmm. that sometimes parents are waiting till, you know, the 11th hour to give them the individualized attention that Huntington would. So what about kids who are already firmly on a course of, you know, bad grades, hanging out with the wrong kids. Well, help them. We are truly agnostic. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to help that student. And and you've seen uh, yes. kids embrace yes. academia, you know, yes. their, their talents and yes. to the point where they're like, this is me. Yes. I also think that children, we're the, I believe that the pendulum is almost swinging in the other direction. Whereas when you see children that might be almost out of the norm, that you do have the opportunity to help that child. You know, we're no longer a society where the weird kid gets the attention that it, it's... I know. It's almost like the nerd is celebrated. We're hearing... Uh, well, we're you not know. here to... We're not here to judge individuals. <laughs> right, right, right. But we but, can but help my all son of them. loves that. My son... I know there's definitely a group of kids in every school who resonates with the idea of, oh, I'm a science guy. You know, like my son said that at five years old. He said, I said, you know, do you want me to, you know, enroll you in the soccer, you know, team here? And he said, no, 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 ma. Uh, I'm more of a science guy than a sports guy. And I went, okay. So, and he loves hearing the word nerd or geek dropped, you know, in a positive light. In a positive light, you know. Right. And it's talking about the whole student. I think that that's really what it is. So, if the school's more of that, you're right. Right. If the school's culture can be something that can be fostered. And I think that schools are recognizing that they have to accept help from the outside organizations like Huntington Learning Centers. I think that schools are recognizing that they need support, not that PTA has a new 
business model now, that teachers, uh, we are having performing arts make their way into school systems. I think that we are starting to see that, and parents are starting to realize that this trauma in the classroom, these issues with education, the misunderstanding. I mean, I think if I was a student today versus a student back then, I would be, you know, I could have gone to law school, but because I struggled in school and because I didn't have these options. And the shame around that. Right. I could have never gone to law school. But today, those students that might suffer from comprehension and never be in a position to take, um, say, you know, an SAT, now we're starting to see that they have the capabilities to be able to do so. So in general, Huntington's like just there to put a spotlight on a kid's talent, a kid's academic leanings, just basically give them more success stories. Yes, they're not going to start singing song in our centers. However, outside of the center, well, they may academically. be. But yes, we help with the academics and we make those 180s as we discussed, but it's really more than that. It's really that confidence and it's building a brighter future for each of the students. And also the whole family life changes because instead of it being a fight at night to get the homework done or a lot of procrastination, as you said earlier, Joan, all of a sudden it's embraced. So I think by building that sense of communication, but also building the sense of confidence is critical in and out of the classroom. But I think, Diane, what you are doing, you are a total hero. Really? And it's incredible. Thanks. I appreciate that. What I would say to parents that see their child, whether they're struggling academically or emotionally, I would say that there are organizations, whether it's your pediatrician or tutoring centers or whatever it is, I think that we can't change what we don't acknowledge, right? We can't make any changes in our house or in what our child's experience is like until we know what the root of the problem is. And I think that that's the key when it comes to what was going on with Mallory at school. You know, I made my own decisions about what I thought was going on in her life rather than really getting to the bottom of it. You know, having conversations with your pediatrician, understanding who your mental health providers are in your circle of your insurance, understanding what tutoring options. I think as a community, we often have a preconceived notions about what organizations like Huntington Learning Center is. And when it comes down to it, maybe it's not what we think it is. The same thing with bullying. Maybe what we think is going on in our child's life isn't really what's going on. And it's our job as parents, educators, administrators. It takes a village to raise a child and reaching out to our village communities to be able to raise that child, I think is really important. So I appreciate it. Take a village. Thanks. I appreciate it. So I bet you this is very therapeutic talking about and helping others with their children on what to look for I always say we have a moral responsibility if that if we want to live in a great community, we've got to be a great community. So there's two sides to Diane, right? There's the side that misses Mallory every single day and relives what happened. Hindsight is a really mean psychological tool that we have in our toolbox. And so having that hindsight, you know, you just want to wake up every day and pretend that it didn't happen. But then there is the side of me that loves the public advocacy. And if I could give parents some insight into what happened into our all life and how I can make it better, or if I can help a child understand that they are worthy and being picked on is not a rite of passage. 
It's just not. Being bullied at school doesn't make you a better human being. I think that we need to remove that from our lives. And so if sharing Mallory's story in moments like this allow me to do so, then yeah, it's very therapeutic. Good. We're really grateful that you have the strength to do this. Thanks. You're a warrior. Mallory's warriors. Right. We're all soldiers. That's what we call it, Mallory's army, is that we are prepared for battle. But every army prefers resolution, and they want a peaceful resolution. But they're willing to battle if they have to. So that's why it's called Mallory's army, is that we're all in this together. But no matter what the avenue of success, we are prepared for resolution, peaceful resolution. All right. Well, that's our show for today. Diane, if someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? So obviously, we use social media because it's an excellent tool in our toolbox. So you can find Mallory's Army on Facebook, on Instagram. We do have a documentary and a film coming out called Mallory, and it's really more in-depth information about her life. So there's a YouTube channel called Mallory's Army. But just like every great foundation, we have a website, malloryarmy.org. So where is that movie going to come out? Well, we don't know. That's really up to Tribeca Film Festival. So fingers crossed. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to join us. If you have any question about your child's education that you'd like us to answer, please reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. You can find the links in the podcast description. Thanks for listening to Huntington Helps. I'm Joan. We'll talk to you next time.